Hello and welcome. I am so glad you're here. I'm Beth, a creator-based coach with CMH Coaching for Life. I'm here today to help you and those you love create a life you feel grounded and at home in. Think of a life where you feel peace, love for those around you, and in a flow with just enough challenge to keep you happy and creating something wonderful. Sounds like magic, but it's not. You can create that life every single day. You can have a life full of love, excitement, hope, and creation. Our mission at CMH Coaching is to flood the earth with light through compassion, mindfulness, and hope. And I'm going to ask a favor of you. If you like what you see and hear today, think of someone you know that would enjoy and benefit from this message. Our mission is to flood the world with compassion, mindfulness, and hope. Share this with them. But for now, this is time just for you. So settle into whatever you're doing and enjoy this time with the girls where we create that one awesome, amazing, perfect life every one of us is seeking. Beautiful. Well, ready to talk about hope? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, love, I love the question that you posed because it really, I actually would, woke up, I, I was dreaming about it last night, all of the different hope things as a oh, child. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just jump right in with this, this question. Read it. Can you read it to us? I don't have I it. Will. Okay. Right, I you. will. Remember, as a child, hoping for something with happy anticipation. What was it, and when? And did how did you experience the hope? What did you hope for? Mm -hmm. So, when you woke up, what were you thinking? (laughs) Well, okay, I did the antithesis when I last night because I went to bed thinking about the things that was happy, hopeful, and then I woke up with. In fact, my husband was asking me, he looked over and he's like, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, well, uh, weirdly enough, I'll just start with the, the thing that I hoped wouldn't happen, um, Uh was I was eight years old. My older brother, my only one older brother got a BB gun for Christmas. And, um, my parents left Mark in charge. He was 10. I was eight. And then I had another brother that was three and a half. And um, left us in charge. Super great idea. Great idea. Yeah, yeah. So I decided it would be a great idea to see if the BB gun, we still had a box from Christmas left over. If I put David, the three and a half year old in the box, if I put him there, would the BB actually go through the box and hit him? I mean, (laughs) And guess yeah. what? It did. It, is. it totally did. I don't know what I was hoping for. Yeah. So I shot my little brother. <laughs> and then like, the, okay, here's the fear-based hope, right? This is the, I wasn't the victim. I was the persecutor in this situation, right? <laughs> Clearly. Yes. And yes. bribing my three and a half year old brother not to tell my parents how he got that little perfectly round mark on his arm and tell them he fell down the stairs, right? Oh, shoot. <laughs> 
So in that case, I was hoping I wouldn't get found. Yeah, I was hoping David wouldn't tell on me. I was hoping Uh that my parents wouldn't find out. And then I carried around guilt, right? Because I think as a persecutor, often that it comes with that guilt of what have I done? And I feel really bad. I don't want anyone to find out what I did. And And I came clean a few months later, but it took me a few months to get up the courage to, to come clean on that. But yeah, I, I don't know why my parents bought the idea that David fell down the stairs and got that perfectly they great. They probably didn't. They probably didn't. Can I, can I tell you my story? We, we had yeah. a fun baby story. And actually, we were out of town as well. And mm-hmm. my middle son had his BB gun and just wanted to see what it would feel like to have the air come out the end because he knew there were no BB gun BBs left in the gun. So he put his finger over the end and he shot it and he, he shot a BB right into his finger. Oh, shoot. None of the kids wanted me to know because it would have meant that they didn't take good care of each other. So everybody just pretended it didn't happen. And so I didn't hear about it. I came home and then Jake comes to me at one point with a magnet, a big speaker magnet. He's like, look, mom, look what I can do. And with the speaker magnet, he can raise his finger with just the magnet. (laughs) And he's, I notice it's kind of red and inflamed. And I'm like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, nothing, nothing. It's just this cool thing. (laughs) Super cool. Don't worry about it. Work in the family. We finally come up with somebody. He got a BB in his finger, but nobody, nobody thought it was still in there. We're sure it's gone, mom. We're sure it's gone. So we got a metal detector. And ran the metal detector over his finger. And you know, beep, 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 the get quick, get rich quick stuff, that magical or, um, or lose 15 pounds in five days. Yeah. Or all I have to do is believe hard enough and I will pass the exam. Mm -hmm. It's all, that's all magical hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love your story. Oh man. Yeah. Something didn't happen. But on the flip, on the flip side of that, the flip side of that, what I went to bed thinking about was I'm the second oldest of seven. And so each time mom was pregnant, that was before they did ultrasounds and you knew what the baby was before, um, I would hope for a, a baby sister, right? Because yeah. I'm so done with all these boys. <laughs> and, um, but so that was just the anticipation mom's going into labor. She's going into the hospital. And in those days, yes. And in those days we couldn't go to the hospital room to even see the baby. So after she had the baby, she'd hold it up in the window. If she had a window room and we could see the baby through the window. Um, But, and you don't know about that, Beth, because You had oh, all your kids board at home. Yeah. Yes. But, but they just, didn't have ultrasounds until we got to number seven. See. I think that's right. Yeah. Number seven, we had an ultrasound. Yeah. <laughs> and so just that hope and the excitement and that anticipation. And then even just when finding out it was another boy, um, 
it was, it wasn't a letdown. It was just this, ah, this gratitude that everything was fine. The baby was fine. And the excitement of getting the baby home and hoping I could be the first one to hold it, you know, <laughs> get all those yeah. mothers out of the way. I'm first, right? Uh, yeah. You get your baby time. So nice. Yeah. Some good experiences with hope. Yeah. I, um, when I thought of a ch- when I was a child waiting for something and hoping for something for me, it was always either Christmas or birthdays because mm-hmm. presents are my love language. Oh my gosh. You know? And so it was just counting down until Christmas. And I was the kid that would, um, open the end of the box and, and see what it was and then tape the end of the box back down. Cause I couldn't wait you know, and then my mom wised up and quit labeling the gifts. She had some <laughs> weird way of figuring it out, but I would just, I mean, that hope, that happy anticipation would go all the way from pretty much Halloween to Christmas, you know, because it was coming. It was that really big excitement of it's coming that, and we had, um, end of school reward. If we got, a, if we got good grades at the end of school, mom would give us money and take us shopping. And I can remember getting great, getting money at the very end of school for passing to the next grade and going shopping. And that was a huge thing because we didn't get gifts unless it was Christmas or birthday, or we did well in school. That was it. Yeah. And it was really happy anticipation. Or what about a vacation, the happy anticipation, the hope? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That hope. I don't really remember having dash hopes a lot. Um, I guess I just didn't have a lot of expectations. That was kind of the the household that we grew up in. There just wasn't a lot of expectation. But those were the things we counted on. We counted on Christmas and birthdays and end of school, you know, and summer to be able to have summer. It was just so great. Interestingly, on the vacation front, studies have shown that when you plan a vacation, that you're happier in the anticipation and the hope of the vacation than most often you are on the vacation. That it makes that kind of life change. So I think the hope is a really powerful thing. Yeah. What about you, Jen? Stories from when you hoped? Oh, and I (laughs) hoped for a girl for a long time too. I got you. Six boys, but I hoped for a girl. And boy, it was good when she showed up. I was thinking about this in childhood and the same as yours, like the birthdays and the Christmas and the, you know, that type of thing. But I, I actually have one that it was probably mostly in grade school. When I got to the the traumatic junior high and high school, it was out the window, but um, I always was hopeful and anticipation and had that excitement just before school started. I was getting excited to go back to school because I loved school when I was younger. I mean, I, I love learning, but it was like yeah. the new pencil box, the new clothes, the new teacher, and just that whole experience. And I get to be around new friends or whatever, because it was always like little towns that went to my school and things like that. So people you hadn't seen, you know, that type of thing. So that was always the hope for me. And and I think at points I was kind of like dashed hopes because, you know, you didn't get the teacher you want or you get into the school year and you're like, well, this sucks, you know, or whatever, you know, but, but I remember that. And, and, you know, I don't know. I always had, um, I loved to read. So I always loved my books and like, I would weird me. I love to smell my books. Cause like, Oh, you know, <laughs> 
And yeah, I love I fit that. That's I love the smell of fresh books and printer ink. That's a beautiful. Yes, yes, I love that smell. And so I was always I loved that hope of like this is going to be an amazing book. You know, yeah. and I loved that journey. But then at times I'd be like, well, that was stupid, or like you know, I would get disappointed. <laughs> so you know, yeah, it's 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 all about expectation. I think, yeah. But what I find find so interesting is that hope is an actual energy, mm-hmm. right? It's got a vibration we can create it. It's an energy source that can resides inside of us. And if we feed it, it's going to grow. And if we don't feed it, it's going to lay dormant. Right. Mm-hmm. And as children, it's just natural for us just to keep feeding it and, and growing it. And it's their state of mind is beautiful. Just being able to hold that in our hearts and in our minds. I love it. Well, I found this really cool. Go ahead, JC. And you wanted to say something. I can what tell. about the times like when you had the dashed hopes though? Mm-hmm. So my dad was a huge dreamer. I learned to dream from my dad. Uh, my mom always said, I'm a realist. So, <laughs> so she was no fun, right? Uh, no, we didn't have a lot of, there wasn't a ton of hope. There was just hope at home for vacation, birthdays, and Christmas. Otherwise life was kind of just a drudge. That's I think why it stands out so clearly for me. Yeah. And that's why I'm so interested in hope that we could actually create that energy. You want to try and create that energy? I've got a little mini meditation for you if you want to try it. I got the idea from, I was at UC Berkeley on their website, Greater Good, and looking for something else came across this meditation and went, oh, we could do this with hope. This is going to be so fun. Okay. So I know you're already super chill, JC, but. Let's just close eyes and get chill and take a deep breath. We've already generated so much energy just in talking about those hopeful experiences. Just take a deep breath and we'll just settle into your space. Another nice deep belly breath. And then feel the support of your chair where your hands are supported. And we're going to shift into a practice of hope and joy. And we're gonna do that by bringing to mind someone who you really believe has your best interests at heart. This is someone who has extended kindness and support to you. Someone who maybe you know now, or someone whom you knew in the past, a friend, a family member, a teacher, a colleague, but someone who you truly believe has your best interest in their heart. And as you choose that one person, bring them to mind as though they were seated right in front of you. So you're facing one another. See them smiling at you. Imagine them truly wishing for you to be happy and fulfilled. Hoping for you to have a life that is flourishing. Imagine them beaming this towards you in their smile and in their eyes. And then with your next breaths, inhale and draw in that intention of goodness that's coming from them. 
in meditation and visualization practices, we have the opportunity to create this positive emotional state right here and now so that we can experience in the world where this person is really next to us. We can create that. So seeing this person in front of you, beaming that beautiful, supportive energy towards you in their smile and their eyes, inhale and draw in that intention of goodness. Through your mind, your imagination, you've got it coming in as your valuable resource right here, right now. Just really take in this wish of wellness, this wish of happiness, the joy from this person who truly cherishes you. And feel that permeate every cell in your body. Now, letting go of the image of this person, notice if in your body, there is emotional residue, a feeling of warmth or goodness. A way to identify what it's like, this wish of happiness. And just relax into those good feelings. Basking in that well-wishing, that joy, that hope and feeling the support and the happiness. Now you can extend this boost of hope and joy to someone else. Bring to mind someone in your life who could really use an extra boost, a friend, a family member, a colleague, someone who use, could use that help. And again, Bring them to mind vividly as though they were sitting right in front of you. And without too many stories or thoughts or ideas, just call upon the experience you just had of wishing this person to be truly happy, fulfilled, and joyful. With your eyes, with your heart, beam them that same happiness unconditional love and joyful hope. Draw in this intention and exhale the wish for this person. Happiness, fulfillment, flourishing, joy. Draw in your intention and exhale sending out hope, and joy and happiness to this person. One more time. Inhaling joy, love, hope, unconditional support, and exhaling to this person, sending them all of that hope and love. And then again, notice the sensations in your own body associating with wishing this person well in generating and extending hope to others. 
unconditional hope, love, and joy. And then when you're ready, just release that person's image and come back to the present, hearing the ambient sounds in your room, the air, and come back to now, this moment. I did this. I would love to hear how it was for you guys. JC, when you're ready to unmute, I'm good. Jen, what happened? Oh, I'm pretty zen right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty zen, right? Yeah. Sitting across from someone who loves you unconditionally, who has your best interest at heart and absorbing. Yes. And it really creates that emotion, that energy mm -hmm. that you're looking for. What about for you, Jason? Yeah, same thing. Just very peaceful and filled. That's just with filled with light, feel filled with love. Um yeah, I, it's, it's an energy, right? It's an energy that you just, unless you feel it, it's hard to explain it. Um, well, I deliberately wanted to do it here so that we had it on the recording so that people could come back and practice it again and again when they needed hope. I'm reading this book, another terrible title. It's called <laughs> Just Talk With Emotions. Okay. It's an awful title. What it is. But it's fascinating because it's written by the same man who wrote Emotional Intelligence, Michael oh. um, Pullman, but it's a dialogue that he has, and you can see how thick it is. It's a dialogue that he has with the Dalai Lama. Oh, interesting. And yes, because the Dalai Lama is very, very interested in science. He's 87 now, still very, very interested in science. They're still doing these things. And so... Um, Daniel Goleman is telling about how they did these experiments at the beginning of their conference that they were doing. It's a fascinating book. It's really deep. But what really got me going was they were working with the minds of two or three very practiced monks, and they were putting them in functional MRI machines and in doing EKGs to see yeah. what happened in their mind while they were doing different kinds of meditation. Turns out there are as many kinds of meditation as there are food. Mm -hmm. now, that was news to me. I'm like, well, there's focused meditation and there's um, open meditation, but there's all these different ways to meditate. And um, this particular monk is very practiced in his meditation. He's been doing it for years and years and years and at, for like months at a time, meditation retreats. He's an amazing man. And they go in and they start testing his brain while he's in these different states of meditation. and he creates um, energy through his meditation, either in the left hemisphere or the right hemisphere of his brain. What they learned was when he was doing a compassion meditation, you know, like the loving kindness meditation. Yeah. And he was cre actually creating meditation, uh, creating this energy of compassion, much like you just created this energy of hope that he activated everything on the left side of his brain with incredible, where he just made himself an incredibly happy state. Mm -hmm. And all of the feel-good energy in his brain with all of those little neurons were just firing off of hope and love and kindness and all of the things that make us feel really good. And they saw it 
with other things. He could do one focused meditation and it was similar. Compassion was the one that did the best for feeling. And so one of the reasons that I wanted to do this particular meditation was because it will activate that part of your brain, not, not only because you're doing it for yourself, but you just served one else, someone else with that amazing energy that you created. Interestingly, right side of the brain, people who are more right-sided and use that part of the brain have a lot more negative feelings is what they were noticing was the right side of the brain. There's more fear and more anxiety. And that's part of the reason the compassion meditation was so helpful because rerouted things. It's, it's a great book. Really great. Really, really detailed, but just wanted you to experience that. Think about muscle testing as well. And we won't go into that. We don't have time, but those positive thoughts, positive thoughts create strength, make us stronger, right? Yes, when you test your body, it is physically stronger because of the positive thoughts. Yes. Yeah. Anytime we have a negative thought, it weakens us. And there's a way to muscle test to show you that those negative thoughts make you weak. So man, positive thoughts are it's amazing the power that you have within you to make yourself healthy, strong, and happy. Mm-hmm. You're certainly a victim. We came here to be successful. I mean, it's just, we're fully equipped for everything we need. Jen, did you have something you wanted to say? Kind of look like you have. No, I was comment. just scratching. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it all. It's just going in. Just, just thinking. Yeah, going in, stirring it around. All right. Well, we'll have all week long to go in and start around. We'll be back next Monday at three o'clock central to do some more on hope all month long. But you know, what else do we have going on this week? Let's just talk about that for a minute. Um, tomorrow, one thirty central, we have coaching clear, right? That's Tuesday, Wednesday, Jason's going to be back with book club. Yeah. Book club. Yes. We're finishing up. Ah, uh, I, the, I always get confused on the name. <laughs> book woman. Book Let's woman. See. Yes, book woman. It's so good. Oh, book Troublesome Creek, Troublesome right? The book woman at Troublesome Creek. Yes, of Troublesome Creek. Um, and then also I just delved into some research on the blue people of Kentucky and Googled a bunch of information on them. And then also the book women in Kentucky who actually went around and were the public libraries for, for these people that were out in the mountains and just the incredible sacrifices and the hope that they had, you know, the hope that these children could get educated, that they could read, that they could have their eyes open to, to more than what they were currently living in. So super cool book of hope. Yeah. The book women of troublesome Creek. Correct. Yes. Perfect. Okay. And then Thursday we have coach training and want to talk about a hopeful book. We're going back into Masuro Emoto's book, The Hidden Messages of Water. So we'll be studying that for our coach training this week. And then of course, next Monday, we're back with creator-based weekly again with a creator-based life. But anybody want to talk for just a second about the 50-50 girl club? Because that is kind of the hidden hope gem, right? You want to tell us about it, Jacine? Yeah, I love the 50-50 Girl Club. And 
it is a place where you can come, you can be filled. There are so many posts on there that just bring you hope, that give you ideas on how do I manage a stressful situation? What can I do to be a creator in my life? All of these positive things that help you grow and manage the junk that is comes into your life on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how do we put on that armor to just like get it off, right? Or have it bounce yeah. off or whatever. But there's so many things on there. You guys, you can go in and look up um a Facebook Live. You can go in and you can look up the um the Saturday oh the I see my brain's on my yeah, we've had five jump starts, and each of them will will teach you a tool on how to manage some of your crazy and help yourself grow. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean that's, that's a resource right there. Yeah, it's a it's huge resource. resource. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite is the scribbling. Mm-hmm. The scribbling was so fun. Drawing retention yes. really. Yes, such a good thing. Such a good thing. I well, I don't know if it's my favorite. I. I like them all. So <laughs> I know what you're cool, though. To see to see how putting something on paper could make such a huge difference in your emotional response. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. And Jen, you've got another one coming up the eighth of April, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanna tell us about that? We're gonna learn a little bit more about the connection between essential oils and emotions and how using certain ones can help us either understand our emotional state and change it or create a different emotional state. So it, yeah, it'll be fun. I just read an an article. It was, it's on um, National Institutes of Health about how lavender oil, they did a study with menopausal women and that lavender oil, when they used it, actually increased the oxytocin levels in their blood. Just from putting lab, just from breathing, it was breathing lavender oil. They weren't even putting it on their skin. They were breathing it into their body and their oxytocin levels, which, you know, is the feel good, hug, you love you hormone, right? So you feel loved and hugged breathing in this lavender oil, which I found fascinating and loved to see it on our government website. That just made me happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited about the 8th, April 8th, 9 a.m. Central emotions and essential oils. Jen is a virtual encyclopedia of oil knowledge. Not, so I'm really oh gosh, not really, but <laughs> she is to me. I know about this much. <laughs> well, then I don't I, know anything, but yeah, <laughs> I love learning from her. So it's a really cool thing. So enjoy your day in Hawaii, JC. I will. Yes. Got some more sun. Get some more tan going. Yeah. yeah. Got some more waves to catch. Be good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can't wait to hear all your stories when you come home. And thanks, you guys. We'll uh, get together again next week for Creator-Based Life and all these times in between. Y'all take care. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Hello. Aloha. I can choose to be happy. Cause what I think about, I bring about That's the way it is and there is no doubt Day by day I pave the way with every little thought I think
thanks for joining us today in a creator-based life. I hope you felt that compassion, mindfulness, and hope you came seeking today. You can find more of it at cmhcoaching.com or on linktree slash cmhcoaching. Of course, any social media outlet, we're there too. Because you felt the benefit and light in this message, please invite those you care deeply about to join us. Help us to create a ripple effect across the globe of compassion, mindfulness, and hope. Then we can create a creator-based life together. Have a great week, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Moment by moment, it's all up to me, cause what I think